1: Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value.
0: And now we walk through the door of princesses, and that is where we stay for several
1: years. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. The Disney princesses, they don't they don't know each other. They're from different lands. With Margaret Abels and Amy Wilson. I mean I
0: try to like smell clean a podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to get a feminist
1: edge kit Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about
0: princesses. <laughs> princesses, if you must. We must.
1: And I, I'm here to say you must. I was pretty sure when my actually have written about this. I was pretty sure that when my daughter was born, that she was going to be a really cool— Ramona Quimby kind of kid, way way too cool for that princess nonsense. Had that cut too. (laughs) Smash cut, and she had two older brothers, so her early exposure was definitely to, um, you know, Thomas the Tank Engine, Bob the Builder, that kind of stuff, right? Trucks, twux, and then we were at a um, town pool one day, and on the uh, you know chair next to us, sort of holding somebody's spot while they went to lunch, were a pair of Plastic, like wedge, princess, high heels, clear, oh. like Cinderella slipper kind of things. Right. in a, you know, tiny, like the size of a piece of sushi, like a teensy, teensy <laughs> size. And, and she looked at them. And I said, do you want to do you want to try those on? And she did. She put them on, you know, like Ooh. Cinderella putting on the slipper. And things were never the same,
0: yeah. I mean, talk about the like smash cut. It's like the right. filtery cut where it's like, woo. And now we walk through the door of princesses. And that is where we stay for several years.
1: and how about you? Is your daughter still in it?
0: Yeah. So I also have a daughter who is the sister of two older brothers. Right. and, She is also the youngest of the young five cousins on my side of the family, all boys. And so there's four boys and her. And so she definitely lives in a world of Nerf guns, dinosaurs, baseball, and... She, I, I also thought she might be somewhat tomboyish, but she, it's funny how I think we come from the generation of like, gender is a stereotype and there's no such thing. And then having a daughter, I'm like, oh, some of this stuff is very hardwired inside of her. And from the time she was two, she was asking like to get her fingernails painted and tutus and frills and sparkles. And she's quite girly. And yeah, she loves princesses and Barbies.
1: So so Peggy Orenstein wrote a book called Cinderella Ate My Daughter, which uh, is a very good book. And it came out in 2011. Um, Still applicable, but it kind of came out it was sort of the peak of the princesses are really bad. Like maybe it was sort of the leader of that movement. Right. I'm kind of on, I'm on both sides of this. I can, I can argue both sides of this, but my daughter was four at the time and fully, and it just fully happens, developed. right? They just, they just like go, go over the cliff. And she explained, and this made a lot of sense that there's a, there's a sort of developmental stage of, of psychology where kids are convinced until they're about six or seven years old, they're convinced that you have to look like a girl to be a girl. Like if you don't have a dress on, you're not a girl and, mm. you know, and, or, and both girls and boys feel this way. And so they, it's called inf- the inflexible stage. And so the, what's so genius about the princess thing is it dovetails perfectly with this developmental stage that they're at, which is I'm a girl, that's my identity, but I need to wear stuff to show that because, because it's only external markers that, that make it happen. Hmm. Interesting, right?
0: Yeah. That does make sense. My mother, she was a working woman who stopped working at, in her 30s, her mid 30s to have children. And she was very early on the arc of girls can do anything. And there is no room in our life for Barbies or princesses. And she took a pretty hard stand. We were not allowed to have Barbie dolls. We n- I never had a Barbie doll. We weren't allowed to have them. And she was pretty anti princesses and girly stuff. We were like very 1970s girls. My sister and I are one year apart. So we grew up like twins, you know, like striped turtleneck and like jeans and roller skates. That was kind of our vibe. But we we also did not have access to eight a trunk in everyone's house that had 800 full princess gowns in it.
1: I mean, it just was a different world. Well, it didn't, it didn't really exist. I mean, people we, right. we, we talk about it as if it's so, so inevitable, but it really, it really started around 2000. I was going to say, we never
0: had like the idea of dressing like a princess. Like you see every girl in the world. Now, if you go out to a fair, there's like eight girls dressed in full princess regalia. I mean, I would have loved that, but we did not. I was in like the shorts with the piping and
1: like a t-shirt that said, I, Ithaca is gorgeous. You know, like I
0: I, I just wasn't in
1: princess wear. (laughs) So this is, this is the, this is the origin story. In 2000, there was a, a guy who worked for Disney. His name was Andy Mooney. And he went to a Disney on ice show. Okay, and he looks around the arena and he sees little girls dressed in princess stuff, but homemade princess stuff. Okay. They wanted to look like a princess to come see the Disney Princesses on Ice, and um, you know this like a light bulb went off in this guy's heads, and he said to the moms, "Did you did you make what they're wearing?" And they said, "Yeah," and he said, "But would you?" If you could buy that, would you? And they were like, "Are you kidding me?" We'd buy we buy tons of it. And he went back to the office and said, "I think we need to start. We need to spin out Disney Princesses as a brand and start talking about it." And at first, the Disney line was like, "No, no, 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 no." The Disney Princesses they don't they don't know each other. They're from different lands. Like the Little right. Mermaid doesn't hang out with Belle. And he was like, "Can we get?" can we get past that guys? Cause I really think I'm not that sure that's a, an important yeah. part of the story. So if you look, what's interesting is if you look to this day, I just was looking this morning at an, at a DVD, like Disney princess sing along songs that we are now passing on now that my daughter's 10. But anyway, there's three yeah, princesses it. on it and they're, and they're, oh yeah, all right. <laughs> right in the mail. But the, the princesses, if you look at them, they're not looking at each other. Like they're looking mm. off into space and in they're looking to their own land. They're looking into their off into their own lands because while they're existing in the same frame, they're not actually they're not friends. relating to each other. Like you'll never see Jasmine, they don't talk to yeah, each other. Jasmine and Cinderella like hanging out and having a conversation. Disney doesn't play mm. that way. What could be the problem with that so, message for little girls? But I can't imagine. Yeah, so they've gotten they've gotten past the they shouldn't be in the same picture, and it's now five billion dollars a year of Disney princess merchandise sells. Five billion.
0: I definitely remember. And I was old, although I was a very young, I was immature is what I'm trying to say. I was a young middle schooler. You know, I was still into like kitty stuff in middle school. And, um, th- which let's just say did not go well for my social life in middle school, but I was we went on a trip at some point and we went to Disneyland and I might've been in sixth grade. I was like old enough to know better, but I got ceramic Disney princesses. So they were made of ceramic and the Cinderella one had that blue, like flowy dress with the white peeking out from underneath. And it was done in ceramic. And I remember it just gave me the feeling of life, this thing. And we, my mom, cause they were ceramic made me wrap them up and they were in boxes. We were actually traveling in an RV and <laughs> they were in the top shelf, like put away in this RV. And at like three o'clock in the morning, I would wake up and undo the box. Cause I wasn't allowed to touch them and unwrap just enough that I could see like the skirt part where it, the folds of the fabric were. And I would just stare at it and like feel alive for the first time in my life. Like I was like, <gasps> I don't know what it was about it, but it made me feel so happy. And I, there, I was in my like piped shorts with my t-shirt on. Like I didn't dress like that, but I, I, there was something so appealing about it to me. And did
1: they live in the box forever? Oh no, no, no. Well then when we got home from the trip, I had them on a shelf. Oh good. I was so worried that I thought the story was going to go that you, you, you saw the skirt and can I just see it? And then you took it out and you broke it. That's what I thought was going to happen. Oh, that would have
0: been tragical. No, I, 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 I was able to get them home, but the, the, the thrill of the skirt, Peeking at the skirt in the box was never replicated. Like then, they were just on a shelf in my house, and it was
1: just the thing. But <laughs> like, like that's like uh, Ma's China shepherdess from the Little House in the Prairie books. Do you remember? Did you ever read yes, those books? Exactly. She has one thing, Ma, from her old life as a normal person before she married this crazy guy who wants to move every eighteen months, and she has a China shepherdess, and every time they. Homestead in some new, you know, right. mud they fight hut. Off the bears and they <laughs> yes. get the hatch set up. Yeah, but he would always build her a little shelf where she could put her her china shepherdess, and it really is a detail when you when you reread those books as an adult to your kids that really that really stands out. She was really pinning a lot on that on that china shepherdess as a as a tether to something uh, more rarefied,
0: you know. And I hardly grew up homesteading, but I do think as like a kid who you know was in shorts and a t shirt and. I was always so enamored of that kind of glamour and that kind of my mom and dad would occasionally go to a black tie function when we were growing up and we would get a babysitter. The, the way our house was set up, there was a staircase that went up to my mom. And it was like a back entrance into my mom and dad's room. We would sit at the bottom of the staircase and my mom would come down and she would be in like in a gown with perfume on. And I just remember like we would sit at the bottom of the stairs <laughs> like, <gasps> It just, there was something about, like, it, it represented this whole other life. And so I do think it's interesting, like, having had that experience. And what's funny about it is I grew into a person who does not like to get dressed at all. Like, there's no, it plays no role in my life. People, I can attest to this. No, I mean, you've seen me, like, <laughs> Amy's, at, we just were at this conference, and there's, like, a big party every night, and Amy's like, what are you wearing? And I'm like, yoga pants and a sweater. Like, I am not, I do not like to get dressed. Oh,
1: here's, here's my version of that story. We get to the hotel, and I, um and there's it's in, it's a conference with 800 women so just just imagine the you can wear whatever you want but let's just say there is some attention paid to ensembles and by we some. get there by some and we I get will there. and i say and i say to margaret oh i have to we have to call down to the front desk why well because there's not there's not going to be enough hangers in here for for both of us and Margaret was like, I didn't bring anything I needed to hang up. Did you? And I said, yeah, yeah, I did. And she was like, I made like a steam clean, like
0: beautiful, like I brought a steamer dress for every <laughs> night. And I was like, I- I'll be fine in my sweater and yellow pants. Dance. And you were, and you were, listen, I don't care about that at all now. It's just interesting that like, I was so enamored of it as a kid and it has no, I mean, I like to dress I, I, I'm not walking around like a, looking like a crazy lady, like, but I just like to be in like a comfy, it was also cold. So it was cold. I had brought a couple of like cuter things to wear at night, but I was like, I'm not changing into a sundress when it's 58 degrees outside. But
1: I will say a typical four-year-old, I mean, my daughter at this age was wearing her Sleeping Beauty bathing suit and a tutu and would be furious if she had to wear anything, you know, over that or instead of that, no matter No matter the temperature, because she was she was dressed for success. To I could have been like walked to her brother's school pickup. She was going to be in a full formal (laughs) regalia. Oh, the most scratchy that that like like polyester scratch. Like I just I hate that it's so. Horrible, but I need I need I needed to let go of that. I had I had a vision of what my daughter would look like, and until she was about two, I dressed her in these cute little outfits. We have um, discussed before
0: that my daughter, it's not even <laughs> that she's princessy; it's just that she likes to dress herself. She has a phrase: "My look." She's like, I really like my look today, mom. It's like, she thinks about her look. And then sometimes she'll say to me, mom, I really like your look. Like she thinks about the look. I, I don't know where she could have picked up that phrase. Does she
1: have a blog? Does she have a lifestyle no, blog? No, she should. Like she's, she's an like influencer. an Instagram kid. Mm-hmm. She's an
0: influencer, but her look is insane. But I just let her wear whatever she wants. I did sit down with her kindergarten teacher, not sit down, but I just told her on the first day of school, like Peggy dresses herself in whatever she wants to wear. And I don't take a part in it, but I don't, but just, I will feel better that, you know, that I have no role in the giant prom dress with Wizard of Oz, black and white striped witch socks and ruby slippers. Like that's not a look I thought was good, but I it's the look, but it's the look. It's the look. And, and I don't, I don't mess with the look. Whatever the look is, I don't mess with it.
1: Who could? But so it sounds like so early on I feel like you got you and I are both coming down on the side of like, well, you know, they they do it. So let's 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 let me argue the other side for a minute. Okay. Which is that so Peggy Orenstein and some other people would argue, like, yeah, but this wasn't this whole idea like, ah, they're all gonna all girls love princesses, all girls love pink. No. This was something that was really sort of locked in as a marketing ploy about 15 or 20 years ago, and it totally works, by the way, but is it is it harmless? Okay. And they would argue that you know early childhood is a really important time in terms of how kids see themselves and their gender roles. And so the princess thing is really problematic because it's about being beautiful, it's about being thin, it's about mm. being sort of pliant. It's often about being unconscious, <laughs> right? which and it's isn't a, great. And it's about being pro social, which was a word I didn't know what that meant until I was researching this episode okay, and looked it, it up. Mean? It means sort of like the greater good, like Bell's Bell's like, I will go to prison instead of my father. Right. Or mm. or or Ariel's like, I will give up my voice in order for the to love. Well, she does good. it for love. But, but but you know, for the for the good of the kingdom, I will sacrifice myself. Like so it's sort of greater good behavior, post-social behavior. It's a good thing for kids to think is a good thing. But in the princess way, it is often sort of self-sacrifice. I will say one thing,
0: which is that my daughter, who loves the princesses, has never seen a Disney princess movie. As far as I know. I'm almost sure she hasn't. Wow. What do you, what do you guys watch instead? Oh, I mean, she just watches like um, Wreck-It Ralph and like whatever <laughs> her brothers are wearing. she never. Every once in a while, she and I watch The Sound of Music on constant repeat. It's our favorite movie. And then the other every once in a while that my husband will take the boys camping or something and or something they'll go to see Avengers or something she's too little for and we watch um, we watched Leap the other day but we've never sat and watched a Disney princess movie
1: it occurs to me that the sound of music like Maria Von Trapp is all about pro-social behavior and that like first she's like oh right, for the good of this family I will leave the convent which I don't want to do right and then an hour later she's like okay for the good of this family I will leave in the middle of the night and go back to the convent even though that's not what I want to do. And then she, you know, now for the good of her family, we're going to walk over a mountain, and and there's a happy ending <laughs> over the mountain. But if you ever hear a story about the the, the real Maria von Trapp was not nearly so um, nice. Nice. <laughs> mm, yeah, I just blocked she, that part of the story. She was out. a tough character. And it. good for her. But she was she was climb a, every mountain. She yes. was a tough Chiquita. So that's that's one problem is that our, our our girls watch these and our boys they make that argument too. Now you're saying that maybe. Families with boys don't watch as many Disney princess movies, but say Frozen. Frozen was a huge across-the-board. We've all seen Frozen. Everybody's seen Frozen. Even the boys want to see Frozen. And and so the boys are also watching movies in which the girls are all, you know, thin and beautiful and being good at sacrificing yourself. And Frozen is really complicated. Like, she's—you're supposed to want her to— let it go or not want... Like, what, what they're after is a little vague, I think, but mm-hmm. it's about, like, do I own my power or not? I think Disney's trying. Like, yeah, like Sleeping Beauty and Snow White and the Seven Dwarves are a little problematic messaging-wise, and Right, then, just stay unconscious until a guy comes, yeah. <laughs> and, and, then,
0: then and then kiss him, and then just go back to cleaning and his then, house. Yeah,
1: and then, but then, like, Mulan or Brave or all these movies, they're really trying to create these kick-ass heroines who... um are very much in control of their own destiny. Even Tangled, I think, was like that. Oh, but we it, watched Tangled. Peggy and I watched Tangled. Tangled's a great movie, and they I and I think it. and I think they're very female positive. But they are all, you know, they'd say, they'd say, yeah, with really like impossibly thin. Cartoon physiques and right, you know, like everyone looks perfect. Big bosoms sure. and beautiful faces, and um, I, I think I think Disney's trying to work with that. But I, but I will also say to take the other side of that argument, like oh yeah, sure, Merida and Brave is really awesome, and so is Mulan. But if you walk around Disney World, the the, the characters are there. But if you right, look at what their the not- kids are dressed as, it's Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty and uh, entangled yes. with the long hair and Elsa with the long hair. They want the ones the ones with the most hair are the ones the girls are interested in. I think.
0: I would, I lean towards more towards having been raised by a mom who was like, they're harmful and I don't want you. And again, it was a different era, but like even with Barbie, she was like, we don't need Barbies in the house. Like she was against all that stuff. And then of course I gravitated towards it possibly because I just wanted to do whatever my mom said was bad or because... I had some weird, like, glamour gene that was being
1: activated whenever I saw those things. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, well, first of all, your friends had them and there were ads on TV, but also I think it's like this sort of, when you're trying to figure out what femininity means and how you can be that because you're identifying as a girl and all that, then Barbie just seems like the most feminine feminine thing there could be. It underscores
0: some of those beauty standard things like to be beautiful is to be tall, thin, probably white with right. like giant big boobs and really long hair and like a giant face full of makeup. <laughs> and that stuff I still resist. Like we we just we're about to like get into it in my house because we're about to go into the um dance recital. My daughter is No dancer, let me tell you, but (laughs) she has taken dance all season and it ends with the big dance recital and the outfit is so over the top. It's like, again, back in my day, dance recital, oldie locks alert back in my day, you know, leotard and maybe... I don't even think, I mean, the idea of like getting a tutu was a dream for me. My kids owned 750 tutus since she was two years old. I mean, I did ballet pretty seriously for like eight years and I never got a costume as elaborate as my daughter's like six year old ballet recital. Giant tutu, rimmed in ribbon, sparkly corset. Like it's over the top.
1: Yeah, I think they think, and, and, and expensive. And I think they, but and they expensive. know that the parents are going to be taking 1,000 pictures and videos and they want to see their, the, little kid wants to wear it. And we parents want to see our daughters up there looking almost unbearably adorable. But Just heaven knows they didn't learn much ballet, but they are up there in a beautiful tutu.
0: What I don't want to see my daughter in my six year old daughter in is a full face of makeup. Yep, And that is the default for the recital. It, it, it
1: creeps me out. Yeah, that doesn't that hasn't happened with my kids ballet school. But I feel like once half the class wears it, they're all they're all begging for it, and it's we're hard not to not doing it. And, and that's it may be okay. A war, so, but we're not doing it now. Now here's the here's the sort of the downslide, right? And that's that's the sort of like we're on a. If the kids like the Disney princesses, are they just on a slippery slope to Honey Boo Boo? Is that is that what has to come no. next? No. no, but people people argue. Yeah, but only if you, because because all right. So Annie Murphy Paul wrote about this for the New York Times. I I, I don't want to brag, but I did have dinner with Annie Murphy Paul on Monday night. You did? Yeah, Annie's a good friend of mine. See that? Well, you should have asked her what you, well, At least back when she, when she reviewed Peggy's book, she makes the excellent point, I think, is that as, as the, the toy companies are trying to get, because of course they love Disney princesses when they're four, maybe not when they're seven. So what do they have for the older girls? Um, what? Not, not to cast aspersions on the brand, but brats, Bratz. Bratz dolls. Um, Ever After It's possible High. that I
0: wrote... The original Bratz movie. So
1: it's possible that Margaret Abel is part of the that problem. I was part of the problem here, guys. Sorry, Eddie <laughs> Murphy. Were they pro social? Did, did they exhibit pro social behavior? Oh my God, it was so
0: awful. Let me tell you that when you're a working writer, you take whatever jobs you can get. That's all I'm going to say <laughs>
1: about that. So yeah, next is ever after high brats, like slutty princess. So right. that's, that's... Or like uh zombie dolls. What's oh, the zombie God, ones yes. where they go to high school? They're they're just the worst. And and I have done a pretty good job of keeping those out of our house, but um that that's what's next. Does it have to be next? No, but is it what's being sold to our daughters next? Yes, it
0: is. Yeah. I mean, I do think there's a natural pushback, and I make this argument a lot that what your kids learn, they learn at your house and at your table. And so I don't wear a lot of makeup. And as Amy will attest, I don't dress very nicely, (laughs) but I don't, I don't the look put a lot the look is casual value. in Margaret's house. The look mm-hmm. is casual at my house. I don't put a lot of personal stock and value into like I have to look good. My appearance is a big part of who I am as a person. I mean, I try to like smell clean and like pass basic thresholds of <laughs> Tweet that. I try to acceptable. smell clean. <laughs> exactly. <Mark> but <laughs> I think that my daughter picks up the message from that mostly. And so that when she's fascinated by princesses, I I don't worry that much about it because it's like our values are not princess
1: values. Right. But sort of sort of locked into that, it's like, but because I counter message. I mean, and I and yeah. I think you do, and I think you do, and I think your kid is awesome. And um, but but do we have to is it only okay if we're counterbalancing? Well, okay, here's what I think we should do. Okay. I think we should take a break because I need to tease this. So in 2016, there was a study where they actually tried to quantify once and for all if your kid plays with princesses, uh, are they more likely to engage in gender stereotype behavior as grownups?
0: Oh, all right. You have an answer. You have an actual answer for Uh us. Uh All right. We'll be back. That was a real, now you really have to stay tuned because that was a real tease. We'll be right back.
1: while
0: The Former Mermaid. She's given up her wondrous life in the ocean to raise a household of children with her handsome land husband. She is regretting all
1: of her life choices. Sleeping Mommy. Before the prince awoke her with a magical kiss, her superpower was sleeping. Now she can't even get a nap. Princess Warrior.
0: She's on the PTA and you do not
1: want to mess with her. Mom, Mompunzel. She has beautiful flowing hair. You just can't see it because she always wears it up in a messy bun, okay? The frozen queen. She's not really the queen of anything, but she relies heavily on frozen food. Disherella. This beautiful though middle-aged
0: princess is stuck in a life of never-ending dish duty until a handsome prince comes along and says... Why don't we order in tonight? He mysteriously leaves a sock behind, like literally right next to the hamper. Seriously, what is wrong with this dude?
1: Uh, so, Margaret, I'm kind of obsessed with the sponsor of today's episode, Zulily.com. You know who's obsessed with Zulily.com? Who? everyone who's tried
0: zulily.com <laughs> yeah, exactly it's, it's like so many things it's the first rule of Zul-
1: zulily.com is constantly talk about what you just got on zulily.com because it's different every day right yeah. they have these flash sales and and it's and every day there's something on there that my kids usually for my kids but sometimes for me that they that they really like like oh they love that kind of sneakers oh they love those those kind of you know gym shorts or whatever and and it's a really good deal and it's only there for between 24 and 72 hours. So you got like, you got to act now. I, it's kind of addictive and I kind of like that. And don't forget the most important part of that. It's 70% off. That's right. That's what makes it addicting. The sales come on at 9 a.m. every day and I'm like, click, click, click. Just this week they had um, like dressy clothes for boys, like blazers and things at a really good deal. And, that, and that's the kind of thing that I, I just kind of nab when I see it because you know you're going to need it and you don't want to pay Two hundred dollars for a boy's blazer, but if you can get it for seventy percent off, like oh, I'm going to buy that. We'll use that for next Easter or whatever. I'll have it. So I like I like it a lot.
0: Yeah, and it's curated. So someone's there picking this stuff out and just sending it to you, and you're like, "Ha, huh, I did need that." Thank you,
1: <laughs> Zulily curator. So everything is already up to 70% off, but we have a code for another 20% off your first order. At a certain Zulily point, person. I think
0: Zulily just starts sending you money. If you, <laughs> if you put enough of these together, you That's get a not. boys blazer and they send you a check.
1: That's right. So you go to Zulily.com and then you're going to slash what hell zero eight. And then when it wants you to enter a code, you're also going to enter what hell zero eight. Okay, guys, I'm going to go through it again. It's Zulily.com
0: slash what hell zero eight to get started and for full offer details and then if they ask you for a code that code is also what hell oh eight go check it out happy shopping okay we're back and amy's about to solve all of our problems (laughs) (laughs) with study with
1: research with a study this uh the study examined whether there was a link between exposure to disney princess media and let me just say, um, sidebar, there are other princesses, but Disney princess is sort of 95% the of the market. So. so, yeah. So, they examined specifically, is there a link between exposure to Disney princess media and, as they get a little bit older, either gender stereotypical behavior or um, lower self-esteem because okay. they're worried about being thin and beautiful. They, they went in and they assumed that they were going to find out that the more princess stuff that Kid consumes, the more gender stereotypic their play would be. Okay. They also assumed that the more princess stuff they consumed, the more negative their self esteem would be. Okay, and they also assumed that the more Princess Media your kid consumed, the more pro-social their behavior would be, or the more the more they think that was a good thing. The result was the more the stuff the princess, more princess stuff they consumed. Yes, the more gender stereotypic their play was, and this was true for girls and boys. Well, I should go back and say how, how they how they how they measured this, right? So they asked they asked the parents how much they how much stuff their kids consumed. They asked the teachers of the kids what, their, what, what sort of things the kids played and didn't play at school. And then they asked the kids to separate it out into piles. They gave them a bunch of toys and said, oh, we want to make a pile of toys we love to play with, toys we don't want to play with, and toys that are eh. And, okay. and, and that's how they—and then a year later, they did the same stuff again. And they found out that, yes, the more princess stuff a kid consumes, the more gender-stereotypic their play is going to be. But there was no correlation— on self esteem, and there was no correlation on pro social behavior. And I would also argue that
0: you don't know what causation is involved in that. Are the kids who are consuming more Disney stuff, more princess stuff? more apt to choose those toys to begin with, and that's why they gravitate towards princess That's stuff. a good so point. So you're not sure, really, what that study means.
1: You're totally right that that uh, the kind of kids who consume a lot of princess stuff might have been ones who wanted to participate in gender-stereotypic stuff in the first place.
0: I mean, I'm not try- totally writing off the idea that like what you expose your kids to is what they learn to a certain degree. But I think the... Princess paranoia is probably a little bit misguided. Like, my, I mean, my daughter is in a unique situation because she's not in a lot of princessy times. But what I, I worry about for my daughter is that she she plays with boys all day, every day. And then I send her on many more play dates. I never really did that that much with my boys because they're closely spaced. I'm like, go play in the yard, have a friend mm-hmm. over, whatever. Go play fight, but go play fight, go punch each other in the face in the yard. That's <laughs> that's your day. But my daughter does like to play. She goes over and does her hair with and she likes to play girly things. And I don't like to play girly things. So like I'll occasionally suck it up and go play horseborn with her for an hour, but I'm I'm it's torture. Like I am counting the seconds until horseborn or Barbie's Dreamhouse is over. I know when she gets together with
1: girlfriends, they like to play like really girly games. I I I am so with you on this and you were saying like pretty soon this is going to be over it is going to be over pretty soon and here's here's where i've come to have a problem with the princess thing is first we tell little girls that they have to like princesses basically there's no choice right every we just we clog the line with this pink princessy you know hyper fluffy play and then right around five or six hard stop not cool anymore you're a loser for liking that stuff. In fact, you're a loser for having ever liked that stuff because it's so lame and princesses are lame. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a there's um, you know, Olivia, the independent the pig-minded piglet. Yeah, there's yeah. a book called like Olivia and the Princesses or something. And I read it to my daughter because she loved princesses. She was five. And the whole book is about how Olivia wants to be an astronaut or whatever for Halloween, and everyone else in the class, all these girls, these lemmings dress up like princesses, and Olivia. Is you know way the real cooler deal. than that, yeah, and th- as opposed to the rest of these losers. And my daughter had just been a princess for Halloween and was thrilled with herself. And and so we do this weird. I think I think sometimes in an yeah, attempt to, to sort of mitigate, and yeah, an, an attempt to sort of mitigate the like, oh, okay, I'm going to counter message it by saying, oh, aren't Disney princesses stupid? But I saw in my daughter. We we were on our way to a princess dress-up party. She was five years old. with was somebody else's birthday party, a princess dress-up party. And she was in her, you know, booster seat, in the back seat. And as we're driving across town to this party, she says, you know, I don't like princesses anymore, right? And she's having this whole conversation with me. And it's we get to a red light, and I turn around. I'm like, yes, you, yes you do. You do like princesses. What are you talking about? You love princesses. And I could just see that she was sort of like... I'm going to be at this party this, with all the other girls in kindergarten. And I'm sure a couple of them at school were saying, oh, isn't this stupid all week? And so I, I, I'm i not sure that this is mm. cool anymore. Yeah. And she got to the party and 10 minutes in, you know, had picked out up tiara and a this and, you know, cut her hair in a bun and was was had a fabulous time. But it was, I could see it was painful for her to, to sort of, I know it's not cool to like this stuff, but I still do a little bit. And I think well, that that's a shame that we do that to our kids.
0: I think, I, I think, that's life, in cert- to a certain degree, and I think the I think when it comes to all of these things, my sons had a birthday party this week, and he decided he was turning eight, and he's with these like rough and tumble, like eight year old boys, kind of a party, and my husband came home with um I ma- I had made a cake and then cupcakes because there were, wasn't going to be enough, so I made cupcakes too, and my husband came home with hot pink icing with hot pink sprinkles, and I was like what um wait, why did you buy this? And he said, oh, Harry said hot pink was his favorite color. And I was like, wait, what? Like, I'm afraid I'm going to make these cupcakes and the other kids are really going to goof on him. Like, it's weird to bring hot pink cupcakes to an eight-year-old boy's birthday party. But one thing I do kind of like about our times is I feel like people, if if I was, if my brother brought hot pink cupcakes to his second grade birthday party, I feel like he would have been like, Mocked for a week at school for that, but nobody cared at all. Like, I feel like the lines are blurring a little bit. I feel like you see, there's like a meme that goes around every once in a while, and it's like a princess birthday party, and there's a girl who comes dressed as a hot dog. And it's right, like, right, that's what like, I mean. And it's and this, this like, girl.
1: Yeah, there's like this lionizing of that. Like, and that's and like good for her, but that doesn't mean the girls who like to dress up like princesses are less than.
0: No, I just think the whole picture has to be what you like is fine, but you may have to stand behind it a little bit. I remember when my nephew wanted to take ballet, I think I may have told this story already, but he wanted to take ballet. I don't remember, maybe second grade at some point. And his mom was just said to him, it's totally fine. If you want to take ballet, there are people who think that ballet is just for girls. So sometimes people make fun of boys who take ballet. And he thought about it for a minute and he said, I still want to take it. Okay. So that's, the the lesson is not like you have to dress like a princess or you have to dress like a hot dog. You have to dress like, you know, in your ironic Rolling Stones t-shirt when you're four to be a cool kid right. versus dressing like a princess. Those kids are lame. They didn't get the memo that princesses are lame. You have to do what feels right for
1: you and understand
0: that you may have to defend that a little bit.
1: But I do think it's different. I think that like, like, like just let's just say if there was a picture of here's a bunch of boys dressed up like Star Wars characters and then the one boy came dressed as a hot dog. Like, let's all put Hawaiian lays around that kid's neck because he he's doing it right and all these other lemmings are doing it wrong and, right. and and we don't we don't judge it in the same way and and certainly you know the Star Wars thing has a similar hold stranglehold on boys of a certain age but we don't look at it as something that one they must do and then two they must leave behind or it's or they're stupid it, it, it doesn't right. seem it, it, it seems like the princess thing is charge and I think there's I think there's sexism coming at it on both sides and I think it's it's I, I don't think it's fair to make our kids feel like they have to like it and then they can't like it anymore
0: and I think you're right I think a loose hold on the whole thing is probably the right approach like right I definitely was that kind of like intellectual feminist leaning mom who was like oh I hope I don't have a kid who's into princesses that's lame right. me too and then I did have a kid who was into princesses and tutus and I was like oh it's kind of fun I get it you know it's, it, it's not – there's nothing about it that is so – and I like your study that kind of proves this. There's nothing about it, it – it's not a, a mire that you get sucked into and, and, and lost to. But you do have to watch, I think, with girls that the – to me, the arc is not just – Princesses, and then Bratz Dolls, and then Zombie High. The arc is like Princesses, Bratz Dolls, Zombie High, and then Seventeen Magazine, and then Vogue, Glamour, all these other magazines. And that you do have to watch the arc of like, your value is how you look, and whether you can fit into these very specific stereotypes of how people are supposed to look.
1: Yeah. Indu Kang wrote an article for Slate about uh, Disney princesses, and she came at it. I think Inku Kang is a, is a woman. I'm not really sure. But anyway, Inku Kang says that that argues that the Disney princesses, that some of them are actually pretty progressive, and they're female-led um, movies And in a world where movies are not female-led. Right. Um, in a larger movie landscape, it's all male protagonists. And so you can argue that it's good for our daughters to consume media that has you know, Mulan and Pocahontas and Moana and all these characters at the center of the story and not on the, on the margins, not the token female.
0: Yeah, and I think the cause and effect thing is interesting. Like, what kids are led to and what they are interested in, they should be allowed to explore, I think, fundamentally. And you're right, like, my daughter has never mentioned Mulan or Pocahontas or Brave. She doesn't really think of those as being Disney princesses. Yeah. She likes like the pretty feminine, like laid back ones. And I don't know, like, I I think there's a lot of different things that we expose people to and I mean, we've read, you know, the book Paper Bag Princess, and she ends up having to wear a paper yeah, bag, yeah. and then the guy doesn't like her because she doesn't look like a real princess. Like, when we read that story, my daughter's like, that guy's a jerk. He under, she understands it, you know? My, my sons, I notice in fourth and second grade, are constantly now asking me, like, why do boys like this and girls like that? Mm. And I'm always trying to come back a little bit with, like, well, people like all sorts of different things, but you're right, many boys do like sports and many girls do like dolls. Like I think both ends of that spectrum are important. It's okay to say you can like whatever you want, no matter what your gender right. is. But also if you like things that are specific to your gender, that's not bad either. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. And so you shouldn't feel bad for, for right. liking
0: ballet more than softball or whatever. Right. You're not cooler cause you're a girl. I mean, you kind of are a little bit to me,
1: but like... Yeah, but you have, my, to, right, you have to let that go when you have a kid right. who
0: conforms my strictly to gender stereotype. A, my oldest son has a girlfriend who's a real, um kind of a tomboy, and she's always hanging with the boys. And we do a little like garage band thing where the kids come over and play a gra- uh, band in our garage, rock band. I mean, they, they play instruments in the garage. And she comes and pl- she plays drums, and she's always dressed really cool, and... She just is a cool girl to me because and there's nothing no hint of princess about her. And yes, like I do roll my eyes a little bit more at the girl who's like I'm a pretty princess. You're like, "Okay, whatever. Mm-hmm. Get a feminist edge kid." But but it doesn't
1: but I let you got to let that go. But they just like uh, my daughter has a friend like that, like, you know, always wears soccer jerseys, always, you know, runs, runs with the boys. She's also one of my daughter's really good friends. Um, but anyway, we found a picture recently of the two of them at pre-K graduation where this girl had bows in her hair and was wearing a dress. And my daughter was like, because ah, she had completely forgotten that that was ever. Can't imagine. Look at her. She's wearing bows in her hair. And I, and, I, and I said, I remember that kid. And you know what? So like, yeah, she was into it when she's four. She's not into it now. Who knows what she will want to do when she's 15? It doesn't really matter. Um, but, what, but your kid wanting, I think I'm coming down on the side of your kid wearing um, uh, the Cinderella polyester thing everywhere she goes when she's three or four does not really have long-term implications,
0: especially that's if you help right. them
1: manage the message of it all.
0: And I think when we, as we like to ascribe, like our kids can be anything. They can also be princesses. That's okay, too. Right, exactly. That's okay, too. Like, our boys can be princesses, too. That's okay. Like, we've opened our mind to include the definition of, like, our kids can be anything. It's like, okay, that means my boy can wear his Darth Vader costume to soccer practice if he wants to. Like, they can kind of be anything. Or my boy can dress as Elsa for Halloween. Okay. Like, doesn't bother me. But also, my girl can... Be a pretty pretty princess, and my head doesn't have to explode over that. Yeah,
1: either. she I, doesn't
0: I, have to be like a feminist warrior who dresses as Ruth Bader Ginsburg for Halloween <laughs> to be an acceptable 2018 child.
1: Exactly, and, and and I think that our daughters with two older brothers get enough of the get enough of the side eye on the princess stuff from. <laughs> from their brothers, from oh, the world at large, absolutely. to also to also get it from us, and even yeah. from me. Just like you said, going into it, I was like, "Well, I'll tell you one thing: I'm not going to have in my house no uh, no you know no Sleeping Beauty toothbrushes at my house. Cut to Got every, every branded opportunity.
0: Yeah, and I don't even think it's necessary to dive too deep into the conversations about like, well, you notice this lady spends most of the movie unconscious. She's not really a feminist archetype. Like it's fine. I I think if you're fighting against it in your larger life, a little hint of princess never hurt anybody. I, I was struck by that. Uh, watching the royal wedding, you know, like people, everybody was like, oh, this is so stupid. We're so much smarter than this. And I was like, you know, there's something just very enjoyable
1: about this. Oh, yeah. I and was I'm letting myself have it. We had scones. We get my daughter and I got up early. I didn't even wake my sons, but my daughter, right. went, come on, she's about to go down the aisle. It was it was lovely and sweet. And we didn't, you know, and I didn't engage with the conversation with my daughter about how she has to land a rich husband. That was not, I don't think she's, right. I don't think and she was whether getting
0: that the messaging. monarchy is a good, good archetype for you know d- democratic government what, whatever they're in love and then and there's nothing to suggest in the history of that family that that wedding is going to be a good idea or that they're going to be happy but you're just in the moment and you're like I'm loving it yeah yeah so so you so can in hold in. two thoughts in your in your mind at the same time that's what I took away from it and that's what I take away from princesses all
1: right all right so we do think you must not you must. Like if your kid if if your kid wants to like princesses, let them because it's a it's an intense but not lifelong phase.
0: Yeah, and make sure it doesn't become a lifelong phrase. Like you don't necessarily want their identity to be like, if I'm pretty, a man will come save me. But that's not really going to happen because they like princesses. (laughs) Like, yes, you don't want to raise a kid who's like, if I just lie here unconscious until a man comes along, everything will be fine. Just watch
1: watch Tangled. And then your kid will like, I'm going to grow up and I'm going to hit my boyfriend over the head with a frying pan. And then
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to fight back against my evil mother. (laughs) That's really the lesson of that movie. Don't watch
1: Tangled. Uh, So we want to know, do you guys have princesses at your house right now? How's it going for you? How drowning are you in all of the tulle and sparkles? And you are can you tell leading us, in or are you leaving yeah, out? Just keep exactly. the glitter out of the house. That's my
0: advice because <laughs> that, that stuff is, you'll find it forever. Keep it in the yard.
1: Uh, you can tell us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash whatfreshhellcast. And on Instagram, also whatfreshhellcast.
0: Or you can find us on Twitter. Twitter is at WFH Podcast.
1: Yeah, and I'll also put up all the links to the study we talked about today and Cinderella Ate My Daughter and the different um, research that we looked at on this on our website, which is whatfreshhellpodcast.com. If you have a friend whose kid is seriously into the Disney princess thing right now, why don't you share this episode with that? Or tag them in our Facebook post about it and help them to find our
0: podcast. (laughs) That would be so nice of you. There's safety in numbers. Safety in numbers, guys. Let's all do it together. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Bye.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama.